All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shesko. Dave, I did something uh, for the first time this past weekend. You went camping. I did, but more specifically. I I, okay. I actually, I was guessing that. I knew you went camping. I'm surprised that's your first time. It's not. Okay. More specifically, it was my first time camping with the guy sitting to my left, mm. your right, Brian Chesco. I've done hey. this a few times. Tell me, tell me how that experience went. Uh, one of the very first things he said was, hey, what's the password to the guest Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> really, dude? <laughs> it was funny. It was worth a shot. <laughs> It was intended to be funny, hey, and it was funny. The first time, I'll never forget this. The first time I went camping with with Brian, um, a few years ago, it was like in the middle of July. It was wicked hot. Ugh. And there was some football on, and I remember we were watching it with like one bar of service. Of, of service. We should not have been able to have that type of quality watching this game. Yeah. I don't even remember what game it was. It might have been like an Atlanta United game because I think it was around 7, 8 o'clock at night, and, and most normal European games obviously are not on then here in the United States of America. So, uh, anyways, I, I remember watching it thinking, we should not be able to watch this right now. There was no football watched while we were camping, but we've caught up. We're ready to talk about the 10 matches from game week 34 as we continue through the stretch run of the season. I say 10, we'll actually talk about 9 plus 1 as we get into this episode. But before we do that, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, but I've finalized a few more details, Dave. May 23rd is on in Lynchburg, Virginia, where we are from, where we are currently recording right now. You can join us for the final game week, the final game day of the season. going to be awesome. We're going to watch the... We're going to watch something, Premier League, on the largest screen I've ever seen soccer on. We would love for you to join us. The bar will be open, 10 a.m. We'd love for you to be with us. If you are interested, reach out to us through social media, one of our social media channels, whichever one you prefer, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, You know who Patreon. might send cameras is NBC. They might. This is going to grow so big that NBC <laughs> here in the U.S., Rebecca Lowe is going to have to give us a shout-out mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. for broadcasting from the studio. So, or broadcasting from the studio, from broadcasting from the theater and having such a, a viewing venue. We'll, we'll be broadcasting from the studio. I know. We'll be there with equipment. We'll do something. Absolutely. And uh, you'll get to hear it here on your, on this, however you're listening to this podcast right now, you'll hear what we do. But we'd love for you to hear it 
while we're there doing it. Live. Yeah. Be there with us. May 23rd, final game day of the season. Come watch some football with us. It'll be a lot of fun. Danny Higginbotham, come join us. Hey, I, I really like Danny Higginbotham. One of the two Robbies. Don't care which. Come on down. I'm cool with the Robbies, too. Tim Howard, he's okay. <laughs> he's still struggling to talk. Hey, he's growing. He's growing into his craft. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it, was a, it was a terrible game week all around. Holy crazy. For dumb, some of us. Weird game week. Brian. Brian scored a 64. For some people, it was a bad Have game we week. officially started the pod? We will. We're about to. Okay. Brian, yeah. go ahead no, and start we'll, us officially. We'll get, we'll, what, are, there, are there stuff we're going to talk about? Is There's there a lot of stuff we're going to talk about. Okay. I just, normally, I feel like... What normally, are we going to talk normally, about? Normally, you say, like, normally, well, we've got yeah, all of our normal yeah. things. We've got this and this <laughs> coming up, and we've got a few other surprises <laughs> for you along the way. And... This is something like that. Make that's sure what, you stay with us on Hot 99. That's what I, was, I was expecting something... <laughs> More of like Wait, an introductory. So, now I get to, <laughs> so this is how it sounds, Brian. So now I get to do an impression of you doing me this yeah. week, just like I did Dave doing me last week. Oh, 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 yeah, okay. So we're gonna have all kinds of stuff on the podcast. Oh, yeah, okay, Scott. And then I'll say, "Oh, then let's get on to what we're talking about, Game Week 34." We'll be back right after this. Let's talk about Game Week 34. All right, we should start with the match that wasn't. Manchester United and Liverpool postponed due to fan protests. According to what I saw, the first Premier League match to ever be postponed for that reason. Dave, there is a real-life element here, and then there is a significant FPL element here, which we will absolutely get to and try not to spend too much time on. First, though, your real-life thoughts. My real-life thoughts are... I'm. And this is going to be interesting because we, the three of us have not talked about this at all. And you guys weren't really there uh, on social media this weekend as you were, or on Slack, as you were busy. I am all about protesting and people raising their voices. I am not about mobs breaking down doors, busting locks, putting people in awkward situations that are stewards that aren't trained to do crowd dispersal. Guys going into locker rooms, grabbing cameras and smashing them. Protest all you want. The second you start destroying things, it's on you. And and I am so sick and tired of mob mentality. That's my that's my thoughts. And and you know this can dive deeper into. And some of us in the Slack workspace did discuss this. And I'm I'm going to throw this out there, but we can get to it when I'm about to throw out there in a minute. What what do people want? They have a billionaire owner. They are a billion-dollar club. So the only person that could buy it would be another billionaire. So then – so you're, you're saying you got to find an owner who is a, who is a billionaire but also a United fan but wants to be a fan more than the business even though it's a billion-dollar business. Okay, people, because there's that many people just walking around ready to do that. There might be. I don't know. Maybe there's billionaires all across this world that would like to own Manchester United. I just think that the fans are also too narrow-minded. Like, this isn't some fairy tale. We Football, years ago, when guys started getting played, changed. 
And and like if you can't accept that, if you can't accept that that's a part of your sport, then you need to grow up and just open your eyes. Like you're living in some form of fantasy world. Yes, do we do we do all of us want our owners to be fans? Yes. Are the Glazers fans of River or of uh, Manchester United? I don't know. Sure doesn't seem like it. Uh, are the Cronkies fans of Arsenal? Sure doesn't seem like. I it. don't know. Scott is John Henry. Is it John Henry? He's better than the two you just mentioned. But do you feel like there's a huge, massive support, or has he hired a manager who's done a lot with a little? I I I want to keep this tight to your point about Manchester United and the Glazers. Okay. But yes, I do think John Henry's better. You are right. I think the ideal for a fan is one of two things. Someone who loves your club and is willing to buy it and support it the way it needs to for its on-pitch product. That's number one. Or number two, someone who's willing to buy your club and the money that gets spent to make it good is just play money, like oil money that doesn't matter so much, which United fans have seen across town. Sure. That's not impossible to get. When you have an owner like Manchester United has currently, the Glazer family, I totally get why fans are disgruntled. Now, I agree with you to the extent that once there's property damage and injured police officers and a damaged pitch and flares and all this stuff. Stealing corner flags. Yeah, yeah. Once you get into that realm of things, I, I no longer agree with you. But the sentiment is perfectly understandable. Here's a club where you're right. It is a billion dollar club. Uh, Old Trafford is apparently rusting and and has a leaky roof and isn't being maintained. The Glazers don't seem to care. Well, I the mean, it's Old product. Trafford, Brian. It wouldn't be legendary if it was New Trafford. I know that's exactly it. You got to expect to have some cracks and, and leaks in there. Of fair. <laughs> old Trafford. Yeah. Sure. Sure. But while Anyways, the Glazers sure. are cashing in, you know, the fans are having you know a leak dealing with a leaky roof. Um, you know, there, there haven't been too many trophies. I mean, there have been some cup trophies, but that's not enough for United fans, and understandably so. Uh, I totally get the sentiment. And, and yeah, I, I mean, I think as an Arsenal yeah, but- fan, if I'm you, I want Daniel Ek, who's an Arsenal fan who happens to also be a millionaire. That's, that's going to be an improvement from the Cronkies. He's going to care about the on-pitch product, even if he's also a business person. The Glazers are just business people. And can I just tell you, they're also the biggest idiots. I... I like I don't understand how they became billionaires when all I know about them is their their Manchester United ownership. I mean, here's a situation where they just made the worst decision of their ownership but 2 weeks ago with their you know joining the Super League and then they apologize for it and they say we're going to we're going to do a better job of communicating with fans. Well, a week ago there was a community meeting of Manchester United supporters. Guess who didn't go to the meeting? The Glazers. A week after they said they were going to communicate with fans. I'm going to the, the tiniest Manchester United fan meeting there is if I'm an owner of Manchester United last week. I don't care how many people are there or where it's being held. I'm going to go to at least give lip service to what I said I was going to do after the European Super League disaster. But no, they skip it. Like, they're idiots. Honestly... They are the best case for what I said about three or four months ago when I put forward this idea that we should be consumers of sports the same way we are consumers of any other brand in any other industry. We buy based on price, 
based on quality of the product. I mean, there's a lot of like we don't always go. Sometimes there's certain brands we're loyal to, but for the most part, you know, I follow the deals or you know something like that. But we get so locked into one club, one team of of a sport. Maybe it's based on geography. Uh, maybe it's based on something else. But honestly, there's no reason for a Manchester United fan right now to be a Manchester United fan if you compare what that means as a consumer to being a consumer of any other product. I know, and, and I disagree with you on that point. We've done this before, probably about the same time last year. feels like that, but I, I see your point. But I don't know, Scott. It's just... Uh, I'm still a Liverpool fan. Being, spo- being a, a fan of a certain club... Whether doom or gloom, and I respect a uh, league. Aaron is a Detroit Lions fan. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how bad they are. Like they're still gonna be a Detroit. He's still gonna be a Detroit Lions fan, right? Like this is not an I NFL podcast. Lions. We give, but we give Brian a hard time all the time about how he he's never settled on a club. He's well, got four like, or five that he flirts only, with. He's slowly growing into his Premier League love. And, <laughs> You're giving and, him the benefit of the doubt. He's being a fan the I way know, but like, we all I should be I know where fans. his loyalties lie when it comes to hockey, when it comes to American football, when it comes to uh, baseball. If you made me pick a club that Brian is his favorite in the Premier League, it would be Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah. It, am I right or wrong? Yeah, I'm right. You here. have affinities for other ones, but you have a I love Ryan Mason t-shirt at home, don't you? No, I don't have an I love Ryan Mason t-shirt. I do I do well, I want to have the uh the Sun t-shirt, the damn Sun t-shirt. Okay, right. That's sure. a great shirt. Um <laughs> But I other than that, no, I don't have any other shirt. Okay. All right. Well, regardless. it was interesting to see how Getting back to the Glazers. Yeah, everybody seemed to understand, even if they didn't quite appreciate the methods of the protest itself. And I, I think that I think that I get that. I think that's exactly where I'm at. Honestly, if Glazers out happens, that's the best thing that could happen. So what's interesting is it, it brought me back to something that happened somewhat politically in this country a few months ago. Like all of a sudden people in places that shouldn't be the Capitol riot. storming through the gates. Yeah. Right? When I first saw that, I thought, oh, that's kind of good. And then by the end, I'm like, no, no. You can figure out a way to voice your voice somewhere else because it only it only caused problems and chaos. And so as I'm watching this – It doesn't perpetuate this, the cause, Scott, right? No, it doesn't. As yeah. I'm watching this, I'm thinking, no, like I'm having flashbacks. And I'm like, no, that's it, yeah, right. It was. It was. It's not – Yeah. It is not right. I'm telling you. I am all about protesting. Raise your voices. But the second the mob, the only reason why they got through is because they had hundreds of people and there was like two stewards blocking a gate. Well, that's on the Glazers too. How do you not think that this match is going to have a protest that you might need some police protection for? They should have thought outside the lines a little bit. When when the Chelsea bus got blocked a couple weeks ago and Peter Cech had to get off the club bus to his own fans mm-hmm. and say, guys, I need you to, to mm-hmm. back up. Like – all the top clubs should have been proactive in thinking that what happened could have happened, and especially in the biggest fixture in English football, Manchester United and Liverpool. Yeah, you've got to be aware of that. Yep. And and honestly, there's enough football people, Scott, in that organization, and for the most part, Liverpool organization, that someone should have spoke up. This isn't like, a, uh, don't put that on Liverpool. Uh no, fair. Well, 
I'm, I'm just saying this. They're the visiting club. They're Liverpool, not responsible for making sure there's security Liverpool at the Liverpool could call up and say, hey, listen, there might be some protests. Where our club's not going to show up if you're not protecting I'm not, the property. I am not at – I mean, yes, I'm a fan of Liverpool. That is a minor point. The major point, though, is has Liverpool played a home game yet? Yeah. They have? Everything was fine? Yeah. Was there – But also, they had an owner who fell on his sword and apologized specifically to – fans, specifically to the manager, specifically to players. When you're talking about a player group, like the Liverpool players were the first players to come out publicly against the idea before the, uh, the league was officially canceled. Yeah. So at Liverpool, was, was they acted in a way all around to where they were able to minimize the, the fallout here. But I, this goes beyond European Super League, too. Like, this is this has been... Sure. This has been... This, I mean, just like it was for Arsenal. I mean, this, this is, is this frustration. Is, this is a spark on a f- wildfire that was waiting to happen. Sure. Brian, what are your thoughts, quickly? No, it's similar. I mean, I, 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 I think it's obvious, understandable that you have fans who want, want better things for their club. I, I just find it... I can't think of what it would take... You know, not not an you know an other sports of any kind podcast. I can't think of what it would take for me to go want to tear down the doors of Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like right. I don't know what it would take. Like I don't know what level, how many years, or how like endeared to my team I would have yeah. to be. I, I you're under- not the right one to say this because your know. Steelers have won six Super Bowls. I know. I understand. What I'm saying is though, like I, this is where I. I guess there's a there's a part of me that admires the like the club is the town. You know, like you this is right. there is a there is that working class element of this is uh I don't know, this is an escape from real life. This is one of the things that we see and we want to do this with all of our you know, our heart and for two soul hours a and week. strength. Yeah, for two for hours two, a week. I want to forget no, no, everything no, no, else no. and only live That's in this all match. all I want. Is but this? let me play. Let me play. Let me get play out a scenario here for you. Yeah. So let's say you take that hometown embedded into the city team of Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. and let's say the Rooney family sells it to Jeff Bezos, and he doesn't give a <laughs> shit what happens to the Steelers, sure. and mm. the product on the field starts to tank. Five years, no, no whiff of playoffs, let alone a Super Bowl. And Jeff Bezos doesn't seem to care because he's making money on the backs of those blue-collar fans who are buying those way-too-expensive yeah. season tickets year in and year out, and they're starting to get frustrated about the fact that their Steelers are losing more than they're winning. Yeah. At that point, Heinz Field might see some activity. Yeah, I would think so, and uh, and that's I, what we're dealing with here right. with I, Manchester United. And I, I don't I, think no, we can I, understand I, this I, in American sports, though, because we've never had the pa- this type of a passion. Where maybe I, I can't I, think yeah, of, and I th- I th- maybe college football is you know you have enough of a there's like there's some kind of a rabid yeah, but like hooliganism like, doesn't really exist on a on a right. On a that's similar what I'm saying. Scale. I, I, that's I, what, that, I think that's why this like observing this from the outside and seeing that seeing that level of care care I guess you would call it and you know in a kind of a twisted way, but that kind of passion, that, yeah, to see that kind of you know that kind of emotion poured out that way, yeah, and then you hear Gary Neville saying it you know you hear the impassioned plea of the you know of the people who are there and saying like this club deserves better like the grounds outside of this are not being developed you know we have you know a deteriorating stadium and all of these things and the the sense then of like fans wanting to bust the doors down 
and launch missiles at horses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you've gone into a level of like insanity. It's crazy. That yeah, that kind of that kind of thing is like yeah, it's you know all of the terms that have been used for the people who are doing that. But and that's why I'm saying I don't. I get the idea of going there. I just can't think of what it would take. Like I, that to me, I lose the identific the the like identifying with fans at that level forever. Like well, there's a, I can't even imagine that. With so, that said, lower to middle class people are always going to want more from the 1% when it comes to how they spend their money. And and yeah, I don't mean to make this political, but it is political. The Glazers are rich. They are very wealthy. Well, but that every Premier League owner is the same. Fair, but there are Premier League owners who are willing to invest in their clubs in a way that's going to make it more fun to be a follower of the club, and the Glazers aren't doing that. That's one thing i got to say, and I've hated him for years, is Roman Abramovich yeah. is not scared to make whatever move it takes to yeah. make Chelsea competitive. Putin's going to reimburse him in the end? It's fine. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the I mean, look, note. What you want is, ideally, is you want Ryan Reynolds to buy Wrexham. <laughs> that's true. That, that's what you want. You want, you want How's somebody... Wrexham doing since they bought him? I don't know. That it, I don't know that it matters. I think just the feelings that come with that purchase are, okay. you know, it's just such just a good feelings. Yeah, you we want just, good feelings. Yeah, I want that to be. It's Mark Cuban Look, a little bit. Oh, like, I. You want somebody who you, you again bubbling over with emotion for you want the you want the fist pumping. You want the guy that's running out on the or down the sideline. But hold on, a little the, bit. There is a there's a hard there is a line. Mark Cuban has won how many titles, Brian? I don't think he's won any. Zero. Uh, maybe one. Dallas, he's been there with Dallas. They got Dallas, finals. they got one. You're yeah, right. They, they beat Miami when to, they they've been to, beat Miami. They've been to two. They should have beat Miami, and they did beat the, the – they did beat Miami. They lost to Miami. And then they beat them. And then they beat them. Okay. So he's got one credit uh, credit there. Mm-hmm. You would think, though, that he would have more. This Ra- is now a Dirk Nowitzki podcast. You've been dying to say that. For years. I want Dirk on the show. That would be amazing. Look, I be- if I'm reading the table right, Wrexham is in a playoff spot in the fifth tier currently. Okay, nice. there you Very go. Very good. See? Okay, that's look, I- that's ideal. As we're closing out this part, yes, I think we all agree on what we saw, and like the league needs to do better. United should have done better as a club preparing for this. Um, it's kind of just putting your head in the ground, thinking that it's not going to happen. Well. I mean, and the Premier League is acting. They're they're working. The news has been out this weekend. They are acting to avoid another European Super League from even attempting to form. Uh, you know that they've done. They've taken steps to remove big six figures from important influential boards that make decisions on behalf of the league and the FA. So I mean, they are taking those steps. I think eventually this will. Uh, what what everybody needs is a good Euro twenty twenty one tournament-infused summer to just hit the reset button hard, start over in August, and be able to move forward, hopefully, in a little bit more peacefulness. From the FPL perspective, I have five combined players (laughs) in my squad from Liverpool and United, and I labored all week over what to do. It started on our podcast recording last mm-hmm, week. What, mm-hmm. what am I going to do with this? And I told you I had two United players on my bench, Bruno and Shaw. In the end, that didn't make any sense. So I put them in. I just put them all in my lineup, and I said, you know what? Let the chips fall how they may. Fair. They're all going in my lineup, 
and I'm just going to hope for the best. Never in a million years did I expect that all five of them, that it would be so bad that all five of them would give me zeros. God, I was similar. Uh, I started TAA, Bruno, and Salah. And then James Rodriguez tweaked a hammy in warm-ups. So he didn't play, started him. And then Cesar, Dave, Azpilicueta did not play, which really hurt because my I started Mendy and Christensen both giving me seven and eights, respectively. Hey, yeah, thanks for Christensen. Shaw on my bench, Nat Phillips on my bench, neither mm-hmm. played. Rafinha was still hurt. Mm-hmm. So I just got I got whacked in the knees. The only thing that saved me was having uh, Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins, Mendy, and Christensen saved, I guess, saved my week out of 34, which I should be pretty pumped about probably. Mm-hmm. Unless my name is Brian Chesko, who balled out. Uh, we'll talk 60, about, we'll yeah, talk I about had, how he got I it. had five. I had uh, Mason Greenwood, Mo Salah, TAA, Luke Shaw, and Phillips. Injured Phillips. Didn't expect him to play. But yeah, I didn't I didn't have the same larger consequence. But that was that was we'll talk about that. That's because of some guys that we'll talk about here very shortly. So it, it uh, definitely hurt. Here's the thing, here's where I'm at. Obviously, this just perpetuates, especially looking at Bruno. You know, it just makes it longer now since he's given you an FPL return. You know, Salah still doesn't have great Mojo Dave behind no, he him. he doesn't. Uh, but now these th- this match is going to get played at some point, right? You it is going to get played. So now's not the time to get rid of these guys, is it? Probably not. <laughs> Especially no. going into this next match week where there's a there's a double match well, week. Well, the, the issue is that, that now that that game has to be rescheduled, and between the two of them, they have so many fixtures piled up between now and the end of the season because of Manchester United's involvement in, with Europa with the Europa League, assuming they make it to the final, which, which it looks there's almost no reason why they wouldn't. It surely looks like they will. That there, you know, that there, there's no date. It could be, that's the news as of hours ago was that it could be rescheduled after the end of the season, May 29th or 30th. Just an extra date set up at the end of the season to accommodate this one fixture. If there's one thing that would make Jurgen Klopp say, of course that would happen this, this season. season. It would be playing an extra match uh-huh. after you think the season is over. Brutal. He, he would, of course, say, right, I got it. It's not exactly the same. I mean, look, as a you know, just as a Pittsburgh fan, you know, we're the Pirates had their day years and years ago, but we're decades of futility for the Pirates, and they currently have an owner that everyone in Pittsburgh hates, mm. and he's you know he's notoriously uh, stingy. He will not spend the last year. The this is not a baseball podcast, but the entire Pirates payroll was was less than the contract that was given to Albert Trout. Bell in 1999 wow. or something like that. It was it was the entirety of the Pirates team was less than one guy's contract at like the turn of the new millennium. You guys still don't have McCutcheons, do you? No, he's in Philly. Yeah. Someone Andrew who, who McCutcheon would, who was would awesome. Probably. Yeah, but no, that's the thing. I just like I that's there there is a level of futility that, you know, you reach where people are but the stadium's real pretty. There are no leaks at PNC Park. It's not old PNC. It's not old. No, PNC it is Park. not. No, it is not old Park. Yeah, <laughs> old, yeah, old PNC. No, it is. Yeah, it is. It is a great fan experience, and so that's the thing. It's like we did all these other. Either way, sure. all of that to say, uh, there aren't still. There still are not 
uh, mass protests outside of uh, PNC Park, but that's also baseball. <laughs> yeah, we'll be waiting. People All reading right. their newspapers outside of the stadium, grumbling right. to themselves is the extent of the protest. Yeah, yeah listening to, to the pregame show on the radio. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go back. This obviously, this postponed match was supposed to be the the premier match on Sunday, uh, but instead uh, it, it wasn't. Well, let's go back to Friday when this game week began. Southampton won, Leicester won. When Ian Acho only gave you an assist, Brian, as yeah. your choice of captain, it felt a little disappointing. Little did you know that was going to be one of the better. <laughs> Choices yes. uh, of the uh, game week, Ian Acho uh, giving you 5-10 if you've captained him. I Immediately I thought, stupid me for choosing the most in-form, unstoppable scorer in the league right now. Like That was my immediate thought was like, of course I'm only getting an assist from him on the week where I decide, like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and captain him. And that was my immediate thought was like, too obvious. You idiot. Why would you captain <laughs> such an... And so yeah, it ended up it ended up working out okay, uh, all things considered. But that's especially because you knew you were going up against every other Kane owner captainer. Yeah, I mean, look, it was vi- going to be my, in the ninety percent probably. My vice captain was on Kane. I mean, I was I I had Kane as my captain for a minute, and I ended up switching it around. Like you know, like I'm sure maybe other people considered that Kane was such an obvious other choice. So. No, I mean Ianacho, like it was it was great. It was well worked. It was a perfectly placed ball. I mean, it was good on Ianacho to continue to just be awesome this season. Let's be clear. This match should not diminish Ianacho's form or your view of him whatsoever. No, not at all, especially cuz you're getting Newcastle and Manchester United in their double week here coming up. Yeah. Um you expect something good in there. Yeah, I just think that, you know, is it's disappointing. You get Leicester with the exact same situation that got them nine goals last time. Yeah. You know, you get a red card really early on in the match. Southampton plans to appeal Yannick Vestergaard. And he'll probably card. get it overturned. You think so? On the same grounds that Balbuena's was You overturned. think it was the same as Balbuena's? I saw this it after was, the fact. It was worse than Balbuena's, but the same. It's the, look, the pundit class says the same thing, like harsh. And this kind of decision, I think it's Jamie Redknapp that was saying that this week was like, I I believe he described it as ruining okay, football. But how is this? This like, one seemed uh, qualitatively. This one seemed different, and I know that's a horrible way to to define the rules. We are. This is the grayest of the gray areas. Yeah, I just you have to question, and I don't know if this is another Mike Riley leadership thing or someone else. The referees on the pitch. If if you see the Balbuena red given as a referee group, and there's no doubt they talked about it during the week, sure. And the red cards over overturned on appeal, mm-hmm. and then the very next match, well, not the next match, but the first match of the new game week, yeah, you have a similar play, and you have you have an on pitch referee and a VAR who say red card, yeah. I don't understand how that happens. Like if this red card is overturned on appeal as well. There needs to be some serious questions asked about why these are being given in the first place. And again, I don't know if this is the referee, like, again, leadership thing, Mike Riley, if it's the referees saying, no, this is a red. I, I don't understand. But if this is, if this Vestergaard red card is overturned, 
you know, we ought to protest the referee office, wherever that might be. Yeah, let's get to t- Dave. Take your take a take a mob over to the FA. Let's headquarters. storm the office. <laughs> I'm taking some paper clips tonight. <laughs> I'm I'm actually going to take the red cards. Can we go back? Wiping your butt with yeah. it. Take that. Um, Ouch. No, I Vestergaard got the ball. Vardy lunged to get the same ball. Vestergaard kicks ball, and in the follow through, kicks Vardy. I, I don't like. I, it's, That's exactly how you described. That is exactly what happened to Bal, to Balbuena and Ben Chilwell. Balbuena kicks ball. Chilwell lunges for same ball. Balbuena's follow through kicks Chilwell. It's the same equation, and I, it's you know it's amazing, and it just it's such it's it's weird that happens, and then they look at someone with a cleat stepping on someone's face. Oh my gosh, that was terrible. John okay. Fleck, yeah, stepped on was it Lacelso's La face? face? He had the he had the marks to prove it. No, 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 the video. To prove I it. know the everything, video. The, every, the video everything looks to prove so it. And bad. then what's crazy oh, I is hated Fleck this. has yes. the the gall after yeah. he literally looks down and, in my opinion, completely steps on LaCelso's face on purpose with his studs, and then looks down like he throws his hands up to the side at LaCelso, kind of like giving him the attitude of "What are you doing down there?" Like I did anything to you, right? John Fleck became a, a he became a villain what in a, that moment. What a may he languish in league championship hell. Wow, for sure. But going back to Lester, I, I don't know if you have more you want to say on Vestergaard, Brian. But I, I no do nothing bring about Vestergaard. Johnny Evans and this stupid run of form that he's on right now. Mm-hmm. We're not buying this moving forward, right? You could buy it for the double game week if he didn't have an issue with his uh, plantar fascia. He so that is something fascia. that that is something that Brendan Rogers said he has been uh, managing, dealing with. So, which do you prefer for your injuries? Do you prefer to manage them or deal with them? Deal with them. He's, That's a very he American way. Dealing with the management of his plantar fascia. Sure. So that's something to pay attention to. See, I think that he does have a yellow triangle on him right now. 15, 5, and 10, Scott. That's what you're referring to in his form. That's just right. Now, that's against West Brom, Palace, and the Southies. So, look, their upcoming fixtures home to Newcastle. Mm -hmm. They don't seem to be that inspired. They let Arsenal roll over them. And then they're at United. Uh, Who knows if United will even play that match. They might have more mobs outside of their well that's their true location. at united is a is an iffy fixture uh indefinitely jamie vardy is still owned by 22.6 percent of fpl players are they happy no tonight? you can't be happy if i and i think when we talk about uh, manchester city next or at some point when we talk about They'll sergio aguero yeah i think sergio aguero no i just think that sergio aguero is an obvious move for uh, Vardy owners, if they don't have Ian Nacho or Kane, I, I just it, like you. You bought him on the hopes that he was going to roll through this stretch. run of these this run of great matches, and he really didn't. Ian Nacho did. That's right. James Madison, very good statistically. 
Um, he did look a little gimpy toward the end of the match, but he did play 90 minutes and has said, like, I felt good. I'm still playing my way back in. Some, but only Raheem Sterling had more shots than Madison did this week. So Ryan, I'm going to make a small prediction. Yeah. That James Madison might fall into the Jack Grealish category of, eh, don't think I can go today, Gipper. He could. You know what I'm saying. Yes, I do know what you're saying. With the Euros coming up. James Madison, you think he has a lock for the England squad to rest between now and then? I don't think so. He's got things to prove. Is Grealish that much better than James Madison? He's attending COVID parties. He's getting getting held out of the That's true. He has a bit to play up. He's He's got got something to play. Maybe. Fair enough. Um, Maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Absolutely. I think he's out of the squad. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, obviously, what do I know? You know who might be in the squad, Gareth Scott? Southgate is not one of my hey, you sources. you know who might be in the squad? Who? Your boy. Uh, Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins. That's true. He is making a case. He's making a case. There's no doubt about it. Um, no, Madison, I thought he looked good. He's one of those guys that it's – if he finds it, you know what happens. He finds it, and he finds it big, and he, he can get it against all of these teams they're Can't playing. Can't wait to audio clip that. <laughs> when he finds it. He finds it big. <laughs> yes, perfect. Uh, Yuri Tielemans is another one. He created the most chances. Okay. Uh, All right. One of the most chances. FPL players don't care. Look, in the last five weeks, he's created the most of all chances for all midfielders. Only he and Son have created the most chances of anyone. So okay. He's getting it. We'll file that away in uh, FPL data that that's uh, just, actually doesn't matter. That's just one of those things. Just want to just want to say it that he is creatively. Uh, it it would have been the Martinelli rule had we gone to Martin Gabriel Mar- Gabriel okay. Martinelli last year. For sure. Week. Who got an assist? That, that's what I'm saying. Palace nil, City 2. We called it a couple weeks early, but I think now we can officially say that the Sergio Aguero farewell tour has begun. Yes. Pep confirmed. Sort of. He sort of confirmed. Kind of did. I mean, can I tell you to the extent that a he confirmed bit. it? I'm going to go ahead and call it the manager quote of the week. Pep Guardiola, you ready? Sure. He said this about Sergio Aguero after the match. What a goal. What an action. What a player. What a man. I'm incredibly delighted he is back. He is going to enjoy the last games. He showed with his goal what he has been and what he is. I am in love as a person. He is an incredible guy. Okay, End you're right. Quote. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Pep said it. Yeah. This He's going to enjoy world. the last games. Hey, that was a hell of a goal. It was a great goal. Vintage. Unbelievable goal. Sergio it was vintage Aguero. Aguero for sure. And you're right. He's going to be playing in the Premier League matches on the way out. For the so. next four game weeks, Harry Kane or Sergio Aguero? Well, let's start Let's start listing, well, let's I don't start listing you, fixtures. You can't. You can't. Not, I don't think you can get rid of Kane. Period. Kane, Kane's last fixtures at Leeds, home to Wolves, home to Villa at Leicester. No so. doubles, but also no blanks. Wow, that Leicester match. Right. Last get match week. 30. That that has implications. Oh, for sure. Along There's with a, that's a, that that's a little bit different than a than a game week thirty eight match between two teams that are already settled for you know for their position. For sure. There Especially because Spurs are now so close to the top four. That could be 3-2, 4-3. I mean, you could see forwards scoring like crazy in that match. City's last four matches. Home to Chelsea, at Newcastle, at Brighton, 
home Everton. But a it's little City. bit tougher. But it's City with an Aguero who is almost yeah. roulette proof. Only Chelsea is, and it's only because Chelsea has been so tight defensively. You, I, but I don't, I don't think you have. I don't think you worry about that. This is a great comparison because you don't have doubles or blanks to deal with here. It's two dudes playing four matches, one a week, on the way out. City have a title to win still because United postponed their match. Uh, so City's title has not yet been clinched officially. And then you have you know, Spurs, as Brian just said, are playing for top four. This is a great comparison. Kane or Aguero? Kane all day, every day. If you're day. picking one, I would pick Kane. I, I mean, I, my feeling would be I would, I would love to try to find out how I can get Aguero and Kane together. See if there's a way to fit this. Keenan Davis, two. you go Keenan Davis and then throw all no, your money at the. You gotta keep. Listen, there no, were. No, Ian Acho, for where I got him in price, is my third striker no matter what. Yeah. And this so. was a forwards weekend. We'll get to why here as we continue through the matches. Look, I'll, in case anyone was doubting Ian Acho, this is, goes back to week 26. 9, 9, 17, 2, thr- 13, 6, 12, 5. Yeah. Man, I wish it was more. I wish it was more than five. Um, no, I, I just the the matches on the way out are good for them. I for City for City. I, but who and, are you owning other than Aguero and Ederson? That's the thing. That, who else do you feel good about? Not really anyone. I mean, you you're you are taking a risk with anyone, but Ederson. I mean, I don't know how there's anyone that you can say and Aguero. Right? They had one substitute. It was Zinchenko. It was the only bench player to come on in this match for them. Like they were, it was it was nil nil until the what fifty seventh minute or something like that. Like they're they're going to create a million chances. City and didn't then... look great until later in the match. I mean, listen, this is when the this is when the results get a little bit harder to obtain. They're trying to win a title. I mean, I I, I don't I get feel it. like they have the same kind of pressure that they had. Years ago, where for this, sure not, they yeah. had to win out to keep Liverpool off. You know, right, to, to where hold this Liverpool is like, there's no one, there's no one breathing down their neck. No. There's nothing that's like, there's nothing, you know, there's, there's nothing, not a whole lot there's of nothing stopping them. So I feel like, but you still and, have to get the results. Right, we can't underestimate. You still have to go out and get the results. Sure, and and he and we've said it before. Like it's it's going to be a common theme for Pep. Just we want, I want my best players playing well. I want to get them minutes here and there, and then. De Bruyne sits on the, <laughs> sits on the bench. Yeah. Bill Foden sits on the bench. But the because the Premier League wrapped up, stuff. right? That's exactly yeah. The that's Champions exactly League it. is not. Yeah. And Je- we're in the Jesus midst of and the Aguero play together here, and Ferran Torres gets a goal in the game. Mendy is good again. Like if you take out the zero from Ben Mendy's last five matches, you got a six, a fifteen, a two, and a twelve from wow. Mendy in the last five. Is Mendy the guy for the for the run out here for maybe, them? Maybe actually, Mendy's yeah. one of those guys that like you want to roll the dice on someone. Benjamin Mendy, you are uh, you are more likely to get better results in FPL from the B team. Ferran Torres, Ben Mendy, Ferran Torres. We've I've we talked about him before. Ferran Torres, when he's gotten a, a chance, has, has done, done really well. well for them. Yeah, so. I still, you know, you'd prioritize someone like Aguero when you yes. have the manager saying, I, I'm in love with this man. Um, but yeah, there, I think there are opportunities here. It's just a question of how, how lucky do you feel. Raheem Sterling was awesome here. 
I mean, seven. no one took more shots than Raheem Sterling this week. Somehow he managed to not put any of his seven shots on target. He did hit the woodwork, though. So, that sounds very Sterling. Yeah, this is oh. this is not the end of last season. Sterling, who's who's somehow managing to find form, he's finding nothing. But still, I'm going to skip ahead to Chelsea two. Can I just say one thing about Zaha? Yeah, go for it. Just that Wilfred Zaha is this. Yeah, looking at Crystal Palace's upcoming matches, this they they there's not many teams in the next four that have the kind of they. Sheffield, Southampton, Aston Villa. This is assuming, assuming that he's not sitting on the sidelines, pouting, considering his life choices. Yes. So what I was going to say is that Zaha was one of those guys that I think you know he scored two weeks ago. You know he comes out here and does not much uh, against City, which you maybe expect, and then Roy Hodgson really throws the the bucket of water on it, just saying that. Uh, in the warm-up, Zaha was striking at the ball. He felt like maybe something happened in his groin. But was adamant that it was okay and was adamant he was going to be able to play through it. My favorite, it's my, this is a, it's not the manager quote of the week, but I love that he said, what could we do? The medical people obviously couldn't find anything before he went on the field. So we were reliant on Wilf's assessment himself of how bad the situation was. Ryan, only and you... how he could cope with it. That to me is like I I he's one of the top transfers in for midfielders. I think you see the green, you see the you see what he's got coming up, and there's an immediate instinct to go for guys like that. And I'm like, I don't know that I could go anywhere near him with that kind of statement hanging out there. Well. He maybe felt something in his groin. Look, I don't know about adding him in fantasy, but I'll know this. Ryan, only you know how your groin feels. You trust yourself over with your groin more You're, than anyone. There's no way I can know how your groin feels. <laughs> you, there's no way you could know how my groin feels right now. I have to go by what you tell me. Like, if your groin feels bad, only way I know is hey, if you tell me. Hey, mm-hmm. eyes up. Stop looking down at his crown. I keep. Yeah. Is that uncomfortable? I'm up here, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now I'm going to skip ahead to Chelsea to Fulham nil. This was the Kai Havertz show. Yeah, it was. He's Ryan, not a forward. He's a midfielder. Ryan, you once again. But this was the Kai Havertz show. You were on yeah, Kai finally. Havertz a few weeks ago. You you were mocked last week, not this week, and not two weeks ago. Yeah, it is Kai Havertz world, and we're just. We're just in it. He has figured it out in the league. And so if he's out there, you're thrilled with it. Um, yeah. The question is, <laughs> is he going to be if out there? If he's out there. Well, I mean, that's, Chelsea, a whole, I mean, that's the way you have. I mean, it's it's like that with so many teams. I, I don't know how else right. to say it. Chelsea have a very important Champions League semifinal second leg to be played. Uh, he won't start. Havertz, I doubt, starts that match. I mean, what? It seemed like, and I know Arsenal did this with their Europa Arsenal's team this weekend, majority of the team that played, that started the match, did not play. Like, in the, the midweek game, they're resting. Same thing with City. City did the same thing for the most part. Chelsea kind of did the same thing as well. They rested, they rested a lot of players. Havers didn't start the match against Real Madrid midweek. Yeah, and that was why coming into the Fulham match, there's... You were like, 
Yes, thank goodness he, you know, he got to, he got a little bit of, you know, he got a little bit of time. You kind of feel good about that. If that's, that's the way we have to play now is paying attention to midweek minutes. And so, yeah, I mean, it'll stink if he's, you know, if he's, uh, you know, if he starts this week. Going Um, back to week 27, Brian, Havertz scored a nine against Everton. Then after that, he got a three, one, then, then, then he had a 10 against Crystal Palace. Then after that, he had a three, zero. And then he got 16. So it seems like every third game, Havertz is is killing it. So game week 37, I'm on it. So yeah, which match would be, week 37 uh, which would be against Leicester home City. to Leicester, go to Kai Havertz. And look, it, and honestly, the next two matchups for Chelsea aren't great. It's at City and home to Arsenal. So that makes makes kind of sense. I mean, honestly, it's tough for, tough for Leicester, too. And Villa's no pushover, so... I think you referred to this earlier. Chelsea's got a tough run in. Don't yeah, I, it's you know I'd be more concerned. You know, they like defensively. You're, you're happy with the result here. If you had the if you had the players who are out there, you know, I think that's that's no one no one has avoided rotation. Not even Mendy. Yeah, I don't assume. I don't think Mendy gets benched for Keppa again in the last four weeks or in the last their last four matches. But if he did, it wouldn't be all that shocking. No, so it's it just Keppa might get one more match just to boost his selling price a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, look, like the the uh, Werner gets an assist. Mason Mount keeps being awesome. You know the other assist on the Havertz goal. Um, maybe Mason Mount is a little more bulletproof here. Scott, can I go back to Christensen? Three weeks in a row, three clean sheets. I have to. I'm trying to re regain. Some respect that I lost when I was like, go to Christensen, and then I we, told I, you, I don't think you heard me earlier when I said thanks for the Christensen. I'm just day. saying he's yeah. he's he's stacks upon stacks upon stacks of points right now. Right, as long as he comes back in the lineup next time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that's the thing. Do you trust any of these guys to start both matches in a double week? I think I, if I, I had, had, I think it, I think so far, if I had a wild card. I'd probably keep a lot of my Liverpool and United guys because you know they're going to be playing some matches because mm-hmm. they didn't play this past weekend. But then after that, I'd I'd be looking pretty hard at uh, Sergio Aguero, and so far I'd also be looking really hard at Mason Mount. Yeah, I I think feel like Mount is a better choice for if you're going to pick one attacking player, it would be him. Um, but yeah, I mean Havertz has been excellent. I mean, there were still forty, almost forty-two thousand wild cards played before this game week. Hmm. So people are still playing that wild card. It's something. I still got mind. my free hit in the bag, and I'm Same. trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, and I'm wondering especially about especially this yeah. next week, free... and then I'm trying to figure out week thirty-six if if there's going to be a few teams not playing in thirty-six. There, there's only four weeks left, and I have three chips. What am I supposed to do? You start playing <laughs> or start playing them. Is is that's where we've gotten? I have to. two chips yeah. left. And yes, uh, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna. The matchups aren't great. Typical great for like a double match weekend. Well, Scott, we've seen before, especially from some of the bigger clubs, how guys, especially if they're still playing in European football, they're not playing both matches. All actually, right, let me set this up a little bit. Game week thirty-five has fourteen matches. Game week thirty-six has eight. As we are recording this, and to your point, Dave, you're exactly right because on Wednesday which is part of the double game week portion of game week 35, you have a double header that consists of Manchester United versus Leicester, 
Chelsea versus Arsenal. Tell me this double game week. What what are you hoping for here? You're gonna get you're you're hoping for a return and a three is what you're hoping for from a lot of these players, well, especially and, on those four clubs. Yeah, or a one. I mean, honestly, you might be getting to that point of hoping that you get three Just, total points from players in those games. It's gonna be tough to especially especially with Arsenal. And I don't think anyone has Arsenal players can't be owned much. I if you had them, they've been rotating starting lineups well, from can, from can, Premier League to Europa. Can we go there right now? So Newcastle nil, Arsenal two. Aubameyang returns from malaria and he looks great. Mm-hmm. Well, he looked good on that goal. The El Nenny's goal it, it, was great. That was good. El Nenny's goal was great. Why was yeah. it great? Because Aubameyang swung and missed. He missed the ball. And then it drifted right into El, the El Nenny's path. He smoked it. So, so not even a true assist. It, no. Good job. Sure. Good job. Did, did they give him an assist on yeah. that? He had a goal and an assist in, Un- the, in the game. Okay. For sure not a true assist. That was a shass at best. Hmm. No, it was a Dan Patrick. The whiff. <laughs> that for sure yeah. was the whiff. Absolutely. Uh, but, I mean, a great day for bombing nonetheless. Uh, so I'm, I'm hearing you say don't include him in your wild card, those of you playing it in game no. 35. Or Look, your free hit or whatever. Aubameyang is probably going to be playing in the league. Arsenal's still trying to wait, win league matches. And of all the of all the double week you know, heavy hitters, getting to play West Brom in one of the two Very true. is a huge advantage. Arsenal gets West Brom first. A relegated then, then West at, Brom. Then at Chelsea uh, in the second, in the second match. Can you guys... Uh, of all of the double game weeks that we've had this season and the discussion we've given to them on this podcast, can we all at least agree that they have minimal as, – as, this is as low of value as double game weeks has given you it's probably not, ever. It's not great. No, I, I agree with you. I'm with you there. Especially the, – the only th- other thing I would say with Arsenal and Chelsea uh, in the reverse fixture, Arsenal won 3-1. to one. So – and especially if Chelsea – gets by Madrid and how the, the games line up that they're possibly resting for the Champions League final although and or they're also in the FA Cup final. So Chelsea's got some bigger games coming down the stretch. So I just wonder if you know they literally are gonna be kind of scheduling and pacing if, some things. If out. Chelsea lose, if they get knocked out of the Champions League, then I think you can I think it eases up. I mean, I feel like that it would naturally happen. So, I mean, I, I you know, that midweek is going to determine a, a lot for yeah. Chelsea's future. By the time you hear this, you're going to know how we yeah, feel about Chelsea's maybe. future. The only club that has two good matchups in this game week is Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. But there's an asterisk here, which is that both matches are away at Sheffield and at Southampton. Maybe it doesn't matter, but you still don't love the fact that the one club that has two good matchups is. Oh, game week where both matches yeah, are away. I just don't love that. I'm probably again. I'm, I'm literally. I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to free hit or not. Because the other thing too is I already have like six or seven. I have two free transfers, and I already have six or seven players already playing in a double match week. So I could make two transfers, almost have a full squad out there. Game but, week thirty six has eight matches, Dave. Maybe you need to free hit then. I know. Or but, maybe you just maybe you just free hit in the last game week and go I still for what got, you think's I still got happen. bench boost. So. Uh, I still got bench boost too, and I love the bench boost. I love to take if I free hit this week, I could spend the next couple weeks making some slow transfers 
so that game week, match week 38, I can bench boost and everyone's playing. I, I get it, but I'd almost rather use my two free transfers to bench boost in game week 35. Can you do that? Because game week no. 38 is a little bit more of a toss-up. It, it gives you some weird stuff, even weirder than what we got here this if week. If you add up the number of games that I could acquire in total with using a bench boost in 35, even with the double match weeks and using a free tran- uh, my two free transfers, it's it, the total number of games... I don't think it won't be more than if I free hit everyone in the match week. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You're still all in on the whole double game. I don't know. No, I agree with you. I'm with you. I I don't love the matchups, but at this point in the season, I'm like, I need to do something at some point. Yeah. We got to play the chips. Don't waste the chips. Don't don't sell the chips. Best advice you're going to get on this entire podcast. Mm -hmm. Don't, Brian, don't waste your chips. Don't waste the chips, Brian. Yeah, you want to try to end the season. I think you get a bonus if you hold on to your chips. No, there's no bonus. Oh, that's right. For not right. playing a chip, it's just a waste. Um, so nothing else about your club, though, Dave. I mean, they I don't play think a, so. a Look, they play oh. a they play a, a semi a safe-ish Newcastle team that still seemed that until they played Arsenal seemed like they were still fighting a lot, and then they get shellacked here. I still think Martinelli at a four nine. If you're trying to save some, make make up some money in the midfield, so you can spend it on Aguero as a striker going out. It, Martinelli at a four nine is not a bad move. I, I'm just gonna say it. He had he got an assist this week, a sick silly assist. Uh, but he's a guy who goes out every single week. And never stops. He's an engine. Yeah, and he. I even saw you know a couple of weeks ago when he you know comes in. He you know he subs on late. He's the immediate best player as soon as he steps you know steps back onto the pitch. So, I mean, it's a risky guy for sure. But um, you, I think you've seen how good he can be. Uh, I think you've seen we've seen a lot of really good things from him. I just I I just wonder about minutes. I agree. I think with the, the way the schedule has led or has lended itself, that I think he'd probably be okay in the league. That is, anyways, but no one else, yeah. even as juicy as those matchups look like they might be. Brian Chesco Darby, Spurs four, mm-hmm. Sheffield nil, Liverpool and United gets postponed, which hurts me personally in FPL. The very next match scheduled to be played is this one. And, of course, the most captained of all players in FPL, my captain also. My captain. Harry Kane gives you nothing. It's all about Gareth Bale with mm-hmm. Son getting honorable mention. Brian. It was Gareth what, Bale day. When I saw that Gareth Bale had three goals, mm-hmm. I went to your team and checked it. And I, <laughs> I shouldn't have been surprised. But mm. I couldn't believe that you brought in Bale this week. Yeah. Well, I wrote about him this week. You did. You I, wrote about him where? In FPL America, the article. Gotcha. Patreon.com slash FPL America. Yeah, and it was just as it was just a quick way. It was just one quick stat to say that like the the, the Those of the, you going to Sun. The discourse was out there. It was already the the discussion had been had been had of Sun versus Bale. You know, that Sun was the clear number one transfer in. If you got him, you feel great. You, you feel really good about having him this week. He had a great match. Um, but it, it, was, it was more about – it was more about – I think it was shots in the box per 90 minutes. 
and that Bale was basically one shot. It was almost one is the difference between Bale and Son. And that has been the thing. When Bale has started with Son out there, Son has tended to play a bit. He's played back a bit more. Bale's getting into the box more. And obviously in this match, it ended up affecting what ended up happening with Harry Kane. So Bale was the one. I mean, you saw the run that he had with Aria. If you watch the match, I mean, it was perfect. The perfect run. Great ball from REA, who also, I mean, he had REA, you're thrilled with, you know, two bonus points, gets you an assist. Like, he's one of those guys that, like, hey, why not? You know, if you got a couple matches where he might be useful in these last four. But, no, uh, Bale, six shots, tied for the second most of everyone uh, playing this week. So, I mean, that was the question. It was the question a few weeks ago. It was just, is this legit? You know, is the departure of... Mourinho, does that energize him? And okay, well, so back to back weeks, he's had yeah. nine and twenty-one. Yeah, huge day for Gareth Bale since Mourinho's left. Really great goals. Yeah, every goal, great shots. Yeah, right, like yeah. strong, confident, solid informed, shots. Informed that shots. ended up yeah. in the yeah. back. I of mean, the even day. the first one, the 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 decision making, the time, like, not just yeah. the timing of the run, but the touch to just to dink it over, yeah. you know, at that angle to get it past Ramsdale. Just a great, great day for Gareth Bale. You probably have somebody that you could swap to Bale, but and this is the thing: like Son and Bale, like being two of the best players together this week. Son has a goal. You know, he had a goal ruled out in this match, like for a for a marginal offside call. It was offside. It was offside. Son has been on that bad end of a bad offside call. This was yeah he fine. yeah the lean yeah for sure he was definitely leaning ahead of the last defender, right. but Brian, still he is close. I I might be interested in Gareth Bale, but I actually don't have a midfielder that's easy to swap out for him. Hmm. So I still have the same nine well, one is a weird price point. True. It is a it right? isn't an easy one, depending on who else you've got, for sure. I have Salah, Bruno, and Kane, and I have held on to them. Mm-hmm. And my season, the stretch run especially, is going to be defined. Where I end up is going to be defined based on what I have done and will do with those three players. Mm-hmm. Salah, Bruno, Kane. After Salah and Bruno in the midfield... I've got Lingard, Jota, and Jack Harrison. There's no one that's easy to go to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you'd love to swap Jack Harrison for Gareth Bale, but that's a lot of money. I do have two free transfers, but that's four pounds. Yeah, it's a good bit. (laughs) No, I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky. The way I, you know, the way I was set up, the way I had, you know, the way I had money to move around. I mean, I, yeah, I was able to. I went from Rafinha to Bale. So I mean, it was, it was just the way it was just the way. Good lord, things, dude! I know that's the way it worked out. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how to encourage you there, other than they play Leeds next week. So in in one of the few matchups where you say you like the you like the form of the players and you like the matchup, I think, assuming Leeds doesn't decide to show up again defensively. Can we go there uh, this week? Can we go sure. there right now? Yeah, we. Right, two leads nil. This was Danny Welbeck's day. Another, mm-hmm. you know, another forward who had a great, yeah. a great match. Marcelo Bielsa was pissed on the on the touchline when uh, when the second goal went in. 
so this makes my question it's a question I'm going to ask that I don't know how to answer but I'm interested in what you guys have to you know have to say on this are leads at the beach well Dave, uh, something, and Scott, we've talked about this before. There's a key player. You, as soon as I say his name, you guys could probably guess it. Somebody who is missing in this match. Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips, injured. Did not did not participate. Missed the match with a knee issue. No, no indication about the severity of it. Uh, this is the second person that uh, Bielsa has used the word hematoma to describe the injury. Um, <laughs> How did he suffer same, hematoma? Same thing that Rafinha is uh, is dealing with, except I think he said that the hematoma was internal. Internal what? hematoma, a uh, podcast name this uh, week, maybe, Dave. That sounds terrible. Uh, Calvin Phillips, maybe an external hematoma? Not sure, but either way, it was an issue with the with his knee and was not able to participate. You lose Rafinha and you lose Calvin Phillips in this match. Uh, Leeds, if you're Leeds, you lose to Brighton. 2-0 uh, mm. if you mm. don't have those two guys. Patrick Bamford, another blank and another one. Not just a blank, but a 58-minute performance. Um <sighs> Yeah. Not great for somebody who is, for me, I bought I bought Bamford. Um, for me, for me, I bought him late, and so I believe I am at. Uh, I believe I've lost point four on Patrick Bamford Sheesh. since I since I brought him in. He is again the number one transfer out. Yeah, right and there now. are so many easy players to get to from Bamford. I don't I don't blame anybody for moving. I mean, on. we well, we talked about Danny Welbeck having a match here, but obviously. Not, I wouldn't recommend people going to him, but you got Ollie Watkins, Ollie you got Watkins, Chris Wood, Chris you got Wood. Mikhail Antonio. Yeah, I mean, I, that, that's pick, take your pick. <laughs> put the put those names in a hat and and draw them out. Oh, by the way, Dominic Calvert Lewin scored this past right. weekend. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of options at 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 or around that price point. So, and Dianya's not. I mean, his points are still there. Yeah, I know. I I saw that. Um, <laughs> All right, so yeah, if, I, if, I, that is a, that's a huge question because everyone. I mean, this this was the start of Leeds bouncing back on that. Yeah, on the uh, on the matchup rating system. Yes, and now you're you're going into it with a a blank from everybody, and you know, Stuart Dallas owners, how are you feeling right now? I right. mean, everybody was going to him. I mean, I would have argued the same thing for almost any of the defenders. So, not a great way to kick off the. Especially because the, the the last of their tough matches is this coming week against Tottenham. Uh, just speaking for me, obviously I've had a good season up to this point, but I have not had a good stretch run. I've had four out of five weeks now with Red Arrows. And I've dropped from uh, being above 20,000 to now being below 70,000. And uh, I feel like I could have a couple of good weeks to still bounce back and beat my you know highest overall rank I've ever had, sure. which is, again, a little under 33,000. But I have pretty stubbornly held on to a lot of my key players, expecting them to bounce to back. bounce back and do something. You know, here's another game week where you know I come in just over the average, just over the average, and I'm going to see red arrows again because that's how it works now at the start turn of the season. But it's you know it's happening. And I mentioned Bruno and Sala and Kane. But also Patrick Bamford has been in my lineup, with the exception of a, a, a few weeks there where he had an or, you know a triangle next to his name. Here I am, and now I've got two free transfers. I could I could do something significant with those. Part of me just keeps thinking, no, 
ride it out. But I, that seems like the stupid thing to do. I saw Bamford a few weeks ago. Haven't haven't looked back. I would consider that, knowing yeah. that I'm saying that it could you know, obviously easily backfire on you. But it's tough to deny Ollie Watkins or Chris Woods form for you, sure. Yeah. And yet, when you know Brian mentioned it, you know they have Spurs this upcoming game week. It is an easy one, and it does make a lot of sense with informed Spurs coming up next. Why Patrick Bamford's the number one transfer? What out. makes me nervous is that when Bielsa talks about Rafinha, he says for Rafinha, it's more than serious, more difficult to give a diagnostic or prognosis of when he will be able to return. So. There, he has said for now uh, like a week and a half, he, we think he's at the end of his recovery that will get him back into training. So even when he comes back to training, I mean, that, that's a huge step. But then I don't know that you look at that and, and say like, oh, he guarantee he's going to come out and play 90 minutes. He's going to be back to what he was. You know, I, the, I think the question would be like, of course, you they're, they're safe. I mean, that's the thing. Like no matter what, you, no matter how you look at it, like – He's one of those guys, like, they need him healthy. They need him to be 100% healthy. There can be no setbacks for him. So, I just, I mean, I just wonder how much you'll see him before the end of the season. Can we just take 30 seconds and say, how cool is soccer? That you can have a team like Leeds United and this player who you might watch a Leeds match and hardly ever notice him. Talking about Calvin Phillips. And yet, what he does in the unseen for sure makes everything else something to see. Yeah, how cool is football? Hey, I would love to have Calvin Phillips in the Arsenal kit next year. I mean, every big six club Jeez. would love to have Calvin Phillips, short Jeez. of maybe City. All right, let's keep talking about forwards. Uh, Burnley one, West Ham two. Chris Wood, Mikael Antonio stealing the show. Your boy, Brian. Dave and I are looking at you, Brian. Mikhail, We're waiting for you to talk about Chris I, and Mikhail. Uh, there's nothing more I'm, cool than Mikhail Antonio having a giant red warning on him this evening <laughs> that said 25% chance of playing. I right, love it. Right. There's no telling right, with that guy. So there's no, There is no knowing what is going to happen with him, whether or not he is going to be fully fit and running with full head of steam or if he's going to be – you know, 35 minutes and, and really taking it easy on that hamstring. I Look, he was awesome. He has energy to spare when he's fit and playing. I don't know who you would rather have than him. Well, okay. He's a, he's so, at, he, is a, he is a danger man constantly. So let's mention this. The next three, four weeks, home to Everton at Brighton. Yeah. At West Brom. Southampton. Home to Southampton. Yeah, it's great. And I'm not scared at all of the Everton match. Jeez. Playing Everton at home? No. Those clowns? No. <laughs> that you, I would love to have Antonio. I, he, he To me, it would be Would you rather the, have Antonio or Ollie Watkins? I'd rather have Antonio, especially given Aston Villa's remaining schedule. Watkins' schedule, I just saw it. I almost right. choked. <laughs> he, and, but that's the thing. Can he get it? Can he get something? Yeah, he's he's shown that. I'd rather he, have Antonio. Right, but it's Mikhail Antonio. But Antonio comes with risk. Right, it's a huge risk with him. Well, if I have the rest of the bench, it's fine. I'm, I'd it, rather have Ianacho than Ian, both of them. Well, you know, I'm assuming that you could have Ianacho and someone We've else. talked about a fair number of forwards, and we yeah, haven't even gotten a, to Chris Wood in this There's a lot. Yet. 
And you, and everyone is going to stubbornly hold on to Harry Kane if you have Harry Kane. It was right like now. two weeks ago when we were like, oh, there's only like four options at forward. Now there's nine. Chris Wood is. Yeah, he can't stop. Yeah, he no can't, one can can't stop, stop him. won't stop. But here's the thing. It was an early, early Fulham and Leeds penalty. With Southampton in the last game, the one the one iffy one you say in week thirty seven, Burnley play home to Liverpool. Don't love that. But otherwise, Fulham Leeds and South or and, and Sheffield. I don't love that Wood got the penalty here and that was it. I mean, I get it. Points are points. Yeah, but the shots. There, I mean, Burnley had other chances. I don't know that Chris Wood had very many that, if any, that really stood out to me as as great opportunities or big chances missed. Brian, yeah, that's the big one. You don't want guys missing big chances. No, you're right. This is the this this match is the one that is the outlier for him in the last like since his run of form has started. One shot, one on target, one. Shot in the box. That's the that penalty, is, right? That is it for Chris Wood. Is that count? Is that the penalty counting? Yeah, that's, so that's it. that is it. So for I him. did watch this match accurately. Yes, you absolutely did. You were exactly right. Scott, I know how to no, watch that's football. Not, no, that is not encouraging for a guy who has been off the charts shooting the ball, but he still got it. I mean, that's the thing. I I don't I don't know what is going to stop this guy. Scott, going yeah. back to week twenty seven. Chris Wood scores. Yeah, they're Nine, great. Eight, ten, five, two, twenty, and six. In the last seven match weeks, he has one where he did not get give you a return. And that but was I'm against, telling you, that was against United. Watching this match, there wasn't a whole lot to love. He got an opportunity to score a penalty, which again. Against a, against a tough West Ham uh, this is team. This a top four West Ham team, Scott. Yeah, it's You're not... acting like they're playing freaking Sheffield. They're fifth. It's a top four West Ham team. They're fifth. Whatever. They're higher than Liverpool, so suck it. <laughs> Look. Hammers. Hammers rule. That, this, it's, uh, it's Hammers world. We're just in it. Fulham, uh, Fulham, and, Leeds, Fulham and Leeds <laughs> in the next two. And I, yeah, it's this is difficult. This is, a. I mean, honestly, it's a tough choice. I mean, I would love to just throw Chris Wood or Antonio. Was I would love to choosing? just throw my money right back at Mikhail Antonio again, but oh man, doesn't that kind of make the end of the season fun? It's torturous yeah. right well, now. Well, I can I can say for sure that one of my moves, which because I'm assuming there will be more than one, <laughs> uh, no, is Bamford out for someone, and man, that is really a tough call between yeah. Chris Wood, Wood and Wood Mikhail and Antonio. Antonio. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna have to know. You're gonna have to follow us on Instagram, and you know where I'm gonna post my lineup prior to uh, Friday, or on Friday probably uh, prior to the locking of the game week uh, over the weekend. To know exactly what I'm going to do. It, it does seem like Bamford out is the move to make, but I have no idea where to go, and I'm going to sleep on that one for a night or two. Um, the rest of uh, the rest of West Ham, you know, you uh, Jared Bowen probably uh, maybe a bit unexpectedly, probably because Mikel Antonio was back. Bowen starts the match on the bench. But you get Aaron Cresswell back. Uh, who was creative, but yeah. get, but gets you a he was gets you, right. You get he gets you a, a no return, but still nope. was the second best creative player this week uh, overall. You know cre- he got five chances created for him, but Sufal another assist for that guy. I'm bringing and, him in, and Sufal is the is I just think in this system if they're gonna keep playing, you know if they're gonna keep putting Cresswell, if they're gonna play. A three at the back, you know, with with wing backs, 
And Sufal's going to be playing on the wing. I just feel like that you have to prioritize. Cesar Azpilicueta out, Sufal in. I don't hate it. I think that's a good move. I don't think you're going to love what you get, but I think it's an improvement on Azpilicueta. Well, it's just, it's just dependency right now. He went for so many games, starting games, and then Chelsea needs him in Europa, or Chelsea needs him in the Champions League, and so their Tuchel is, you know, prioritizing certain players. The way you said that, I heard too cool. Yeah. Oh, too cool too for him cool. to prioritize. All right. <laughs> uh, Jesse Lingard, come on, man. I know. This, this is what, I, I mean. Manchester United. It's only been two games. I get it. I, I get I get I get games. the hot streak. I understand and it's just just there was no I just don't I don't love it. I'm I'm not getting rid of him. Uh, I, I know. am not <laughs> I am not finding a way to get him out of my team. I know. It's just it just is really it's just one of those things. You you, you run to a guy You're thinking you you're thinking in your mind. I gotta have him. I gotta have him. I can't I have knew him. it. I knew this was gonna cool happen. Cool enough, man. Cool I knew enough. It. Annoying. That's what you're thinking. It's bound to happen. I know. Everton 1, Aston Villa 2. It is the forwards who have all the fun. We've talked about Ollie Watkins being in form. Brian, it's not Richarlison who scores for Everton. It's Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, and it's funny because the stats were still the same. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same this week. <laughs> the stats! I know. At some point, that that is true. Now, I'm I'm with you. I hear you on Richarlison leading in all the stats, but but this is DCL, Calvert Lewin's first time doing this yeah, in in, in like time. two months. No one owns him anymore. Right. At least they shouldn't. No one who's still playing. Um, if you if you're going to someone, I mean, sure. I mean, depending on what the percentages are for ownership, I mean, look. But this is this is to your earlier point. At West Ham, at Aston Villa, for Everton, they get the repeat match this quick of a turnaround for their double week. Like, you're you're happier about week thirty six, and then week thirty seven. You're happier about home to Sheffield and home to Wolves for Everton. Although Everton has been extraordinarily bad at home. <laughs> inexplicably bad. You're, and you're saying those home. two matches come after the double game week, which if you care about that, like you should be interested in Everton, but I, I yeah, don't know D- how you Dina, are. Top transfer in for defenders. Understandably. He gives you seven, I, but right. And yeah, he get, cause he's an assist. I mean, yeah. that's the first time he gets you a real return and for in the longest time, you know, it's like not, not a clean sheet, not anything else. Like he is just, been disappointing and he you know he gets the assist here this is a this is in the you know after a week where Seamus Coleman was the top like his price went up everybody went to Seamus coming into this match and one did and it didn't work right no it did not work (laughs) did he leave early how many minutes did he end up playing I mean is it because he got I don't know but he wasn't the only defender to get one point Godfrey and uh Holgate did as well uh Seamus played Ninety minutes and got you, uh, and was uh, it's because they gave up two goals. Ah, sure. So, um, yeah, Everton sucks. Like <laughs> they lose at home. Like this is like to this. That's the point. Like they, even here, like mm. they lose to Aston Villa at home. So, I mean, you're thrilled if you have Dina that you get an assist. I, I just think there's just not a ton. You don't love playing at West Ham, and then they have to go play. They have to go play this same team. 
It is weird. Right on the, on the turn. It, it's so, very odd that that happens. Uh, it's, it's very unusual to play the same club in the league twice in the span of about a week. And then on the other side, Villa's doing the same thing. They play home to Manchester United and home to Everton, which yeah. you just look at that and just say, what's well, what's the appeal there? Another not clean sheet for Emiliano Martinez or for <laughs> yeah. any of the other. Cause, you know, I currently have no players from either club, and I don't plan to transfer any of them right. in, That's even though Ollie Watkins plays for Villa. I don't yeah. think I'm going to Ollie Watkins now. I yeah. get why Dave's had him. I'm not going to him now. Yeah. If, you, if you have him... Maybe you keep him. Dave, maybe you keep him. But I'm not going to I like Antonio's matchup's better. Who? Antonio's. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right, we end the uh, pod with uh, what I deem to be the most pointless match of the weekend, but it still has the coolest name, the Black Country Derby. West Brom won. Wolves won. Sorry. Sorry. Good try, West Brom. Of course this match. Sorry, all you Wolves defensive owners. All you Patricio, Cody, and Saiz Semedo yeah. owners. Well, you're talking to well. First sorry, Semedo gave you a return here. Sorry, yeah. guys. Assisting Fabio Silva on the Flute Wolves goal. I was gonna say I I am not I have no idea how that is a Semedo a assist fil, a Filva goal Semedo assist. Yeah, I have no yeah, idea because there's how. a West Brom player touched it in between. Yeah, there was absolutely a touch. So yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. Crazy, but of course it was raining hard. During mm-hmm. this match, it is the Black Country Derby after all. Uh, West Brom, I mentioned Dianya. He's probably the most consistent West Brom player at this point. Yeah, he's he did. You it hate again. to admit it. Well, Brian. no, it's just that he didn't. I, I like it's it's the, more of a numbers thing. Like it was a it was perfectly played by Connor Townsend and Dianya in a perfect perfect position for a perfect header. I mean, it's a, it's again, it's like his one good thing that he did. West Brom's other Connor probably deserves the Christian Benteke wasteful player of the week award. Gallagher. Oh, man. Yeah. Connor Gallagher early season momentary hero. Connor. Yeah. Connor Todd Gallagher. Cantwell wannabe yeah. Connor Gallagher. He, I mean, he had a great shot from close yeah. range and mm. you know, uh, was it Ru- yeah, Rui Patricio comes across the goal and it ends up being an easy save, yeah. really. Just Gallagher not, should have made that a whole lot harder than he did. Just not no power behind it. Yeah. Sorry yeah, to, you sorry had to pile on West Brom. Johnstone, Sam Johnstone, highest scoring goalkeeper of the week. Bails out all of the new owners for him with nine saves. Did he finish with two bonus points? He was on pace. He had for seven total points. He was match. on pace for two bonus yep. points. Yeah, so he would be the only goal goalkeeper this week to get you more than six. I mean, let's um, talk about his last five game weeks: five, fifteen, two, six, seven. And we're talking about that's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Everyone was like, you saw but, the but, moves to go to him. I understand it a little bit because the matchups were were okay. I don't. Now, I mean, now it's terrible. Yeah. Arsenal, Liverpool, West Ham, Leeds are their last four opponents. Yeah, he's your backup goalkeeper if you have him. You are praying for a saved penalty. <laughs> exactly. A you are just penalty. hoping that yep. he, you are yep. hoping for penalties in every one of those, Fuck just goodness. on the chance that he can save one of them. Yeah. Wow. All right, game week 35 is coming up. We've already de- you know, talked about the diminished value of this particular double game week, uh, which makes me happy, but I think every double game week's overrated. Uh, Dave, yeah. with all that in mind, any ideas what you're doing with your lineup to this point? 
if if I were to just make three transfers and not free hit, just three, I would be bringing in Bale, Martinelli, and in Sioux Fall. Four, in getting rid of Azpilicueta, Rafinha, and Rodriguez. Three guys. I like I, that. Three, three guys who I cannot rely. Jay Rodriguez. On. With, and that's just no. Oh, Hamas Rodriguez. Hamas. And that's just a, that's just at the cost of a negative four. It's a cost of negative four. Wow. Good. So if I free hit, then obviously all that goes away. What I don't love about this is that, and I had to look it up in the rules for any of those, any of you out there who are considering the free hit. If you have two free transfers and you free hit. Regardless if you if you had two free transfers before the free hit or not, the following week you only have one transfer. Yeah, you will not have two. So I feel like I'm losing one if I free hit this week. I don't know what I'm doing yet. Yeah, it, I don't know what I'm doing. It sucks to lose two free transfers going into. It's you know, it's into too much that I gotta think about right yeah. now. I would to, take the negative four honestly, and I don't take negative fours very often. No, uh, that that for sure. That seems like a Fairly easy negative four. And, Scott, it, it might be that I'd take that negative four, bring those guys in, and maybe bench boost this week. Yeah. And then save that free hit for week 38. There you go. It might yeah. be something I do. There you go. I, I will say you are alluding to something. I'm not going to give anything away here. But I have secretly, from the two of you gentlemen, I've been working on a post-season, end-of-season pod agenda. Oh, wow. And what you just described about losing those two free transfers when you use uh, use your free hit chip, that's going to be in there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you how. Okay. Teaser for listening to us during the summer summer months. No, yeah. But so who knows? I, honestly, looking at it right now, it might be my, my move this week might be a negative four bench boost. All right. Uh, because that bench boost will then eat up. Some of that. Brian, you already told us one of your transfers. I forgot. What? Why is Ben be. Chilwell the third most transferred in for defenders? That doesn't make any sense to me in, in the slightest way. He looked good in against Madrid. I don't know. I can't understand <laughs> that in, at all. You um, told, but Brian, you told us one of your transfers. And I yeah, I've got players. I have a bunch of players that I I have no issue moving moving on, moving around, even with a great score this week. It's still it's not because of the strength of my overall team because you know Patrick Bamford can go. Honestly, I mean, happy to get Havertz and his points this week, but I don't I don't trust him. I like I yeah. it's so he's such a, a difficult guy to trust. I've got. Uh, I I have Ricardo Pereira still sitting there in my defense. That is a lot of money spent on a guy who cannot uh, get any minutes right now. Um, but I mean, had I gone to like we talked about him last week when you know Stutter Dud Castagna, uh, if if I had moved to him, I'd be furious too. So uh, especially in a week where Castagna was really great for Leicester against Southampton, and they still managed yeah. to concede a James Ward-Prowse penalty. So no, there are guys I can move on. I think you know I think the move to Dina is a I I I feel like that's one that's worth that's I feel like it is a bit risky, but it's one that's like that's not money wise is not that far off for me for defense. Um, Bamford to Antonio, Bamford to Chris Wood is a yep. sen- that's a sensible move. And a and a lateral move financially, so yeah, I feel like I've got some I've got some moves I can make. All right, and I I don't mean to be bailing out of my own question, but I legitimately don't know. Uh, I have two free transfers as well. 
Bamford seems like an easy choice. I mean, I might make a double leads out transfer, send out Jack Harrison. That doesn't free up a lot of money, but at least it might give me a couple of players I feel yeah. a little bit better about. Um, so far, top midfielder transfer in, we I just said his name. Gareth Bale? No, it is not. And I think it's because of the reason you said. I think because the money is weird. He's third most. It's currently James Ward-Prowse. That really? is infuriating. Specifically, JWP Scott, Scott your is boy. boiling as your he hears boy. the current I state hope of everyone, wow. I hope everyone near me in any table I'm in is, <laughs> is part of that. That's, that's what I hope for. Sure. I hope all the people who are around me are buying James Ward-Prowse because you're not going to be happy. Um, uh, to the point of uh, what you said earlier about... Uh, Good. I I applaud your guts on going for Hamas Rodriguez. I feel like that is such a gutsy. Man, that is such a I, gutsy I, I move. I kind of felt like I got robbed a little at bit at this state of this at this state of the season to go for someone like him. If he is flimsy like this and is going to be flimsy with his hamstrings, Gilfie Sigurdsson keeps being really good on the on the stats end and has gotten good production when he's played. If if Hamas Rodriguez is missing. For any amount of time, or if you find out that Hamas Rodriguez is going to be ruled out for two weeks or something like that, Gilfie is an amazing choice for his but, price but, and for what he's contributing to that to the Everton team with those matchups. If I can get to bail, which I can, oh, you making can. those Great. moves that I talked about, that's kind of the move, right? With his his with his their schedule of of at Leeds. Home to Wolves, home to Villa, at Leicester coming up. I just his form, no Mourinho there. I I mean, am I crazy? Am I am I looking at something that's not there? No, I don't think you're. I Scott? don't think it's weird. I don't think it's a bad move. Brian, would you go Lingard to Bale? If I had to pick one of those guys, yeah, I'd probably take Bale. You're talking about. You're, I mean, I'm saying it as like I. I I love that Lingard decides to just go ice cold, <laughs> like within a week after. I'm like, yes, I finally figured out how to get him in. <laughs> would would you works. sell him, please, Brian, so that the rest of us can enjoy the hot Lingard? Mm-hmm. It was a calf injury for Hamas Rodriguez, okay. and this is a recurring issue for him. He's got sorry, soft just to calves. just to clarify, because I I feel like we you know we, I don't want it to be sure. maintain that it's like he's got some kind of hamstring injury. When it's not that. Fair enough. In the FPL America podcast league, the top scorer was not Brian with his 64. That's shocking. Although he was up there. It was actually Spurs 23. Gagan. Gagan. Uh, it's wow. A, it's a team we've not, a, pl- a player we've not mentioned yet this season. He had, 85. Yeah, an 85. It's a great score. He used it to move up into 19th in the FPL America podcast league table. Nice. Well he done, Gagan. Captain Bale. Yeah, and you so know that what? got him a forty-two. That that move alone, look, I'm not going to say there was like a strong consideration for that, but there, but in in FPL America, the article part of the one of the reasons why I ended up talking myself into bringing him in was the sheer fun of going to someone like him. Now, I said specifically that because it because why not? It's fun. Wow. And so eventually I was like, you know what? I want I was gonna just go straight to Sun. It was right there lined up and it's I was like, easy. you know what? 
too easy. Forget that. I'm going. I'm going to do what Did I you said. You say forget that or another. No, I definitely word. said forget. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Forget that. X that. <laughs> okay. Sure. D straight to H. I'm going to him. Okay. And that is my move. And so, yeah, and and I think if I had if I had extended that reasoning out just a little bit further, I could have I could have talked myself into. Gagan also getting points from Ederson, Regulon, and Dina Watkins, Ianacho. So, yeah, good team. Wow, eighty five on this week. That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Uh, as far as the top three is concerned, only one change: Darmacat, Vinagra, Daniel, still number one; Harry Potter, Kane. Barrett, number two, that has not changed either. Cruel in the gang, Jonathan moves up to number three. And, he's in uh, the mix. He's in the mix. Top three, top three, only separated by sixteen total points. So it is very much up for grabs. I love at the top it. Of I love league. this so much. All right, so we have talked about how there are fourteen matches in the upcoming game week. Do with that what you will. You've heard our advice. Uh, obviously, the game week once again starts on a Friday, and once again it starts with a Leicester matchup. Once again, a juicy Leicester matchup against Newcastle at home. Uh, but it's the start of a very long, another one of those seven-day game weeks uh, that's going to be played out uh, across the entire week. So we get these matches made up. The weirdest season of all time just keeps getting weirder. Postponed match last weekend, 14 matches over seven days coming up in the coming weekend. Keep following us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, patreon.com slash FPLamerica as well for the latest from us. That's it. We, we did it. Hey, uh, do yourself a favor and drink some bourbon for the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.